The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS NFL Podcast. I'm Katie Mox, here with Will Brinson, and today Brady Quinn joins the show. Well, we, were dis- we will discuss OTA's new rules, the commander's deal, and players gambling, and a little bit more. If you're liking the pod, show us some love. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe on the YouTube page. If you're an audio listener, download, follow, leave a five-star review, and tell your friends to listen and watch the pod. Uh, I don't know if it's necessarily breaking news, guys, but I was watching SportsCenter, and apparently OTAs are going on. So far, Aaron Rodgers has perfect attendance in New York, something we haven't seen for a while. But while he was working out with the other quarterbacks, he seemed to have hurt his ankle. doesn't appear to be too serious, but he is no longer practicing today. Thoughts on this, Brady? Uh, It's early. So I don't think there's anything too much to be concerned about. You can see him out there on the field. He is walking around. It wasn't like they took him off on a stretcher or something. And he's there talking to his, his boy, his buddy, uh, Nathaniel Hackett. So uh, a little bit of cause for concern if you're the Jets, only because this is the reality. He is older. Um, you run more of an injury risk with an older player. Quarterback, probably more so. Um, but, you know, again, it, it's still early in the year. Uh, and I think if you're a Jets fan and you're like, see, this is why we should have went and got him. You know, this, I'm sorry. I'm trying to work with <laughs> this is why we should have went and got him. Um, should have went and got him. Shouldn't have went and gotten him. Sorry. You sometimes when you get talking really fast. Should have went and got him. I don't know what's out there. I thought that was your um, Brinson voice. It was my Brinson voice. And so I, I think, I think the win and got him part is what that confused everybody, including myself, <laughs> even hearing myself talking. Should That would be the concern for those Jets fans who are like, why do we give up what we gave up to get him? You know, all that. Okay. Look, here's the, here's the reality. Robert Sala said this today. There's about six to eight teams that have a legitimate shot of winning a Super Bowl this year. Right now, when you look at the rosters, the Jets are one of them and he's right. Yeah. And it's because they have Aaron Rodgers. If you don't take that risk, then you're not one of those six to eight teams. And so hey, 
the rest of the leagues can talk about it, but the truth of the matter is, unless it's Mahomes, Rodgers, Allen, Burrow, Jackson, you know, unless those are your quarterbacks, you probably really don't have a shot. Bring that, uh, bring that, bring that video of Aaron Rodgers back up real quick. And now scroll to the right, please. Not down, to the right. That's mm-hmm. what we're looking for. What's that Uh-oh. trending? What's that number one trending topic? Is that Ooh, Zach Wilson, Zach I see? Wilson. That is indeed Zach Wilson trending there, uh, which if you're watching on YouTube, you don't really need to be because you could be listening to us say Zach Wilson, tell you that Zach Wilson is trending. Um, the visual, but thank you for the visual. That was helpful. Um, I think that this is not this is not a situation where it's like, oh, I shouldn't have went and got him. It's do you like that? <laughs> oh, what, what is it, Will? It does. Um, <laughs> it 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 simply speaks to the fragility of NFL seasons, particularly when you have a heavy investment in an older quarterback. Yeah. And like that's that's just the reality of the matter. The, you know, this applied to Tom Brady the last few years. Um, this applies to Russell Wilson and the Broncos last year. It applies to Russell Wilson and the Broncos this year. You can make a good trade, a trade that is objectively an intelligent maneuver, and it can still end up poorly for you. Like the Browns went and got Deshaun Watson. Probably a good trade from a, just a, a, a you know a vacuum perspective. What you say? What's that? Deshaun Watson. Okay, sorry. Deshaun Watson. Yes. I was just yeah. Um, they like anytime you go out and trade a lot of assets for a veteran quarterback, you run. I mean, you're just running the risk because you're 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 you you make the line that you have to walk a little bit tighter in terms of how you're going to perform this season. Now, this is not me saying that the Jets should have done it. They should. Your your point correct is 100 percent correct, Brady. They are one of the few teams. What eight, ten teams? I don't think there's 10. <laughs> I think we're going to stop at eight. I mean, if we're talking about who would legitimately have a shot, where we know this year, like the handful of teams, you get thrown right. in the UFC. The- well, let's say, let's say Bills, Jets, Bengals, Ravens, Chiefs. I'm, I'm just going through the divisions. 49ers. Okay, guys, guys, I'm clearly starting in the AFC and working my way down through the AFC. <laughs> <I said Chiefs. laughs> Jaguars, yes or no? I mean, legitimate shot. I don't know that I'm throwing that category. Okay. Yeah, right, it's fine. This one, Chiefs. Yes, obviously. Um, Chargers. I say no. Broncos. No. No. I mean, all those teams fall in that <laughs> next tier of like. Agreed. Agreed. Like, agreed. Um, Eagles. Yes. Uh, Vikings. Lions. Packers. Bears. No. Bucks. Panthers. Saints. Falcons. No. And Niners. So you have six teams that are like, and the Niners like we need to see it with the quarterback too. Yeah. But, but 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 just given the NFC, is given the high. NFC, like we gotta have two teams in the NFC that can win the Super Bowl, right? Right? I, I I'm telling you, if, if the NFL really wanted to start tweaking things to make it interesting, just reseed. I know the NBA talked about doing it, but like re-rack. Like let's just forget about the conferences once we get there. I know no one's gonna buy into this, but it would it would actually equate to finding out. Fun. Well, it, you would say like that's the one true team to win it right where sometimes we look at the afc championship game we go uh maybe that was the better of the two games so wow uh do you do you agree with captain spock that the jets took a chance on the biggest choke artist the playoff choke artist in NFL history <laughs> i mean he's got a super bowl so yeah. i see i'll tell you what he hadn't won a super bowl since he won a super bowl though that is true <laughs> and when you you count up the rest of the super bowls the jets have won you kind of go all right maybe they've got a better shot than people realize so yeah no i agree that the jets are in that mix because of rogers um coming out of the ac makes it tough i the point the point for me is just that he's an older quarterback 
He's playing on a field that has had some injury history before. He's playing. He's playing in a new place with new trainers, whole new. Just, there's a lot of changes, and that can it can be difficult to walk that tightrope sometimes. And uh, for Rodgers. Notice how Billy always seems to get in the Eagles fans post. Very surprised. <laughs> uh, you could write, you could write Eagles fart. The Eagles all too, and like it would get posted. Exactly. The Eagles were part of that group, and we also included San Francisco. And it really isn't. I mean, now you'd say it's Jalen Hurts and that roster, but you would have said last year is because the roster was that good. And I think the Eagles, we've made that case, and and not to upset Eagles fans, but if you don't think they have an easier path through the NFC, Much you're easier. out of your mind. Like you're at, you're you're lying to yourself. You 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 probably have unrealistic thoughts about a lot of other things in life. If you don't think <laughs> it's an easier path, when we just listed out the teams that you've got to go through in the AFC versus the NFC, like San Francisco. Anybody does yeah. anybody think differently? Uh, I, I don't know that guy oh, probably don't even go there. Yes, yeah. they do. Yeah, this yes, is, yeah, this they is do. not an Eagles podcast. I mean, it's like the Eagles yes. have already won the NFC. Congratulations, you're yeah, in the Super Bowl. Let's see who you play. Your job. All right, tell them to go back to work and what they're doing. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. So let's move on from the Eagles and unfortunately get into some more somber news. Uh, Brown's legendary fullback, civil rights activist and actor Jim Brown, unfortunately passed away last week. Brady, as an Ohio native and a member of the Cleveland Browns fraternity of players, what did Jim Brown mean to you? Well, I got to know Jim Brown. You know, he was there uh, heavily involved with the Browns organization my first couple of years. He would always be around uh, Berea, where the facility is there uh, near Cleveland. And um, just, uh, I mean, first off, he was one of the, the, one of the greatest athletes, forget football for maybe a second, the greatest athlete of all time. Thank you for cutting me off and not letting me get to that point. Will. um, but yes, <laughs> maybe the greatest athlete of all time, you could put him into that category. Um, but it really was just more of his presence. He, he had such a quiet presence about him. And yeah, some of that could have do with the fact of how old he was at that point in time. But I just got the sense that that was more of his style and Whenever he spoke, you know, everyone turned and listened. Like he was just that kind of that kind of personality, that person that carried so much with him from his experience. And he obviously had a vast experience of doing things outside of the sports world. You know, we talk about civil rights, talk about acting, everything else, even just from business perspective, uh, understanding branding and marketing, and just talking to you about you know your image, especially being drafted to Cleveland as, as a first round pick. So um, he lent a ton of advice. Uh, I would call him a mentor for sure. And I think the toughest part for him was seeing a team that when he was a part of it had so much success and he was a part of that success. And then seeing a team that when they decided to come back as, as an expansion team could never really find that identity that I think he knew and that he brought to the team. And so that was, that was probably the, the toughest thing I think for him to try to be a part of and, and witnesses. It was just so much turnover. There was so much adversity, so many other things he was always that voice of, of reason, the voice of sanity to me, where if I was having any, anything I was struggling with, you just go talk to Mr. Brown and he would give you some, some timely advice and, and really help get shape and give you perspective to how you really need to look at things. So um, I was incredibly sad to hear the news, um, just a, a tremendous human being. And obviously always a compliment are well-documented. So really, really sad uh, to hear of this. Yeah, I mean, maybe the greatest athlete of all time. I think he won eight rushing titles. Is that right? Um, uh, the only time I ever interacted with Jim Brown because I didn't play for the Cleveland Browns uh, was actually at a – I did not. Um, he had been in Houston. 
Um, was it at a? It was at a Super Bowl party. It was the Audi Super Bowl party. And I was walking down the hallway, and, uh, and Jim Brown's coming the other way with like two security guards. I was like, "Hey, hi, Jim. I'm sure I can remember <laughs> Mr. Brown." And Jimmy goes, "What's up, dog?" And put out his fist, and I was like, "Oh my god, he's the coolest human being alive." Good, good, good gravy. Um, of course, no one can forget his memorable role in Mars Attacks as well yes. as one of the. Uh... No, <laughs> I mean, it, it is in there. He's, I mean, in like, yeah, he's, in a, he's in a ton of movies. He's a legitimate actor. Any given Sunday. I mean, that, yeah. that role, I was like, all right, that's the badass that like I would yeah. want as a coach, especially on that side of the ball. So he's got some really quotable lines in that one. But um, I mean, and that's the thing is it was crazy to think like he decided to stop his career short. You know, he, he, he you know, obviously had a uh, disagreement with Art Modell. And I believe at 29 years old, he decided to hang it up. And he probably still had plenty more that he could have, you know, given to the game at that point in time, but he segued into other interests. And like, you could almost look at him as a Renaissance man with all the different things he had his hand in on. So uh, again, just a, uh, just a tremendous human being, obviously the, the NFL lost, uh, just lost a great. Yeah. And I mean, I think too, like, I'm not saying that anybody should sign for any certain number of years that you're on this earth because you want to max it out as much as possible. But if you uh, make the Pro Football Hall of Fame and you play for, I believe he played for, what, a, nine years, led the league in rushing eight times from 1957 to 1965. Like, if you lived to be 87 and you had that kind of career and you, and you carried the ball over, like, almost 2,400 times in the NFL in the 50s and 60s, um, you, you lived a very long and fruitful life, you know, like an, an activist, um, in, in, in what he did off the field and, and what it meant so much. I mean, what are, what are the all-time greats? Uh, yeah. No brainer hall of famer, three-time MVP rookie of the year. I think multiple all decades team won the, won a NFL championship as well. All, all 1960s team. Certainly someone who will be missed and had a huge impact on and off the field. So rest in peace, Jim Brown. Let's now talk about some new rules in the NFL that have passed. Uh, my favorite one is NFL owners passed a bylaw that allows teams to have a third quarterback in uniform on game days. This, of course, on the heels of the NFC Championship game debacle. Uh, Brady, why is this best for all quarterbacks? Uh, it, it, it's really the high tide that raises all boats, um, especially for quarterbacks. And the reason being is the rule never should have went away. I've never understood why uh, they got rid of the rule. My only explanation is it was a small cost cutting measure, even though you're only talking about, you know, 32 positions, potentially usually a backup that would be in this third string role is, is one of a couple types of quarterbacks. It's either an older experienced veteran that, you know, you're looking at as a kind of a mentor in that room and the reason for that is because, you know, there's limitations on how much the quarterback coach can really be with the quarterbacks. And, and that's uh, in the offseason, obviously, there's rules within the CBA against that. And then once you get into the season, it's, it's primarily game planning and everything else. And, and the quarterback coach is not so much geared towards development. He's geared towards, you know, trying to help uh, the team win. And so he's more focused week to week on the schematic game planning that's involved in that. And so you need kind of have that veteran presence that's in the room. So if, if the quarterback who's starting isn't that, a lot of times you look at kind of that third string guy as a guy that can come in, potentially you know, get you out of a game, get you out of a bind, but it is more of that just steady veteran presence. And, and that might come with a little higher cost. And, and maybe they'd say, hey, we'd rather use that on a different position. We'll stash you know a developmental guy on the practice squad. Give us an extra arm there. I know some of those rules were changed. Uh, for the practice squad eligibility uh, due to COVID. 
Uh, but I think through COVID, because that rule was taken out and subsequently two CBAs ago, they might have rethought that and said, this is actually something that we, we really need. We've got a shortened offseason. We don't get development much more with, with many positions anymore. And quarterback is such a unique position that is such a developmental spot where you need to have some sort of veteran presence in there at times. And the last thing is you can get some guys who are just really raw. And they're guys that might need more time to develop. And so if they are on the younger side of things, because you've got an older veteran guy who is in that starting role, you've got a couple of guys, one that could be your backup that's ready, that knows the system, and one that might be young. And it might be extremely raw, but has a ton of upside. And you'd like to give them the chance to, to practice and be a part of everything, especially when you travel with the team and so forth. Those practice squad guys are, are usually not traveling with the team, not staying at the hotel, not a part of all the weekend festivities from time to time. Um, and so all those sorts of things become a little bit more important. But so this is good for the league. I and mean, when you think about it, the fact that the league got, got rid of it in the first place, they basically were like only hurting themselves the potential chance of not allowing more faces of, the, of these franchises to be developed or to have the sort of coaching and resources that they ultimately need. So I, I love this for the NFL. And I love the fact that you basically provided almost a guaranteed more 32 more jobs in the NFL for all those third string quarterbacks that got wiped out. Hey, Brady, if you were a coach in the NFL, yeah, I, I think you should be. I think you should be a head coach in the NFL. I think you could do I it right he's now. A, he's a girl soccer coach right now. Oh, that's right, yeah. yeah. And I'm on the defensive side of the ball there. I'll be honest with you. I'm really liking it, all right? The physicality yeah. of it. I've got my girls literally just knocking people over, taking people <laughs> off. Uh, I haven't, haven't gotten to slide tackling yet, but so far a lot of chicken winging, you know, to make sure <laughs> the ball. And, and I tell them, if you, if, if you kick for the ball and you miss and you haven't hit someone else, get a shin. That's okay. That's yeah. okay. Contact the shin and then you'll be fine. Yeah. Um, don't, don't really do that kids. But uh, I, I'm curious, would you, if you were get if you were designated, so like, let's say you're coaching the uh, 49ers, right? And that's because this is the team that we're, you know, we're talking about, right? You have Trey Lance. I guess you would have Trey. I guess the Niners already had their guy in Sam Darnold as their, as their third emergency quarterback. Right. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm sort of wondering, would you want to have a quarterback who fits, you know, because a lot of times we talk about, you know, you have a backup that is similar to the starter so he can slide right in. You don't have to change up a lot of things. I almost think, like, if you get to the playoffs, this is, I guess, the way I'm trying to ask the question. If you get to the playoffs, would it behoove, uh, like, do you think we'll see some coaches say, all right, we're going to have this, like, totally random, not random offense, but, like, maybe like a read like a read option style offense with our third emergency quarterback that if we're forced to go to this guy in a playoff situation, break glass and pull out something that the defense isn't expecting at all – yeah, I mean, do you think we'll see like maneuver mm. maneuvering like that uh, in terms of the playoffs and stuff, and 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 how coaches will approach it? Hundred percent. I mean, if I was a team, right, and I've got a quarterback like Lamar Jackson, and they've done this essentially. I mean, Tyler Huntley has a similar skill set; he's not as dynamic. Right. But when you look at the, the other quarterbacks they've brought in, Anthony Brown too started for him last year. All those guys can run that system. Maybe not like Lamar, but but similar in nature. So I think you might see some more teams that are more apt to want to do that. Um, so that's part of it. I mean, and, and people should understand the mechanics of it too. Uh, the way it's written in there and how people define it. Um, they're like, well, the first and second string quarterbacks, you know, can't come back into the game in order to, that's actually not really how it works in, in essence. This actually happened my rookie year or my first game um, that I was ever a part of with the Browns. I was inactive at that point in time. Charlie Fry was our starter. Derek Anderson was the backup. And at one point in time, they activated me and, and Charlie Fry at that point in time uh, ended up getting traded the following week. But uh, I had been activated be because of that. And at that point in time, he just couldn't go back into the game. Usually it is due to injury where they'll, they'll deactivate that player. But usually when the first quarterback gets hurt and they determine that he can't go back in, 
that's the point at which they activate the third string quarterback. He's already sitting there in his uniform, but there's literally like a piece of paper. You deactivate the one player, you activate the other, and you like submit it into the officials. So I'll never forget Rip Shear, my quarterback coach, like grabbing that and doing it and kind of talking me through all that. And I was just like super excited because when you're sitting there in uniform and like you're not actually active, you're kind of like, all right, this feels kind of stupid. Now, when you know, you've got the chance to go in and play. It feels a lot different when you're out there. That makes sense. Uh, I want to bring up something that Captain Spock said in the chat here. What are Brady's thoughts on Trey Lance working out with Jeff Christensen and Patrick Mahomes? A lot of positive development uh, coming out in the media about Trey Lance and his arm fatigue. They seem to work that out. So what are your thoughts on Trey Lance right now? Yeah, so Patrick has worked with Jeff Christensen for quite some while. He's, he's one of the, the various quarterback coaches that you'll see people out there working with. Uh, there's a lot of good quarterback coaches out there um, at this point in time in, in their career. This isn't to take anything away from you know, Tom House or Jeff Christensen or anyone else, but the majority of, of what they're working with, these guys are, are fine-tuning and tweaking things, right? Like Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes because of his talent and ability. It's not necessarily like some of what they're getting, working with now, right? And, and Mahomes didn't really get with Jeff Christensen until once he got in the NFL. So um, you know, sometimes we throw around names and we're like, oh, this is, this is it. Like this is going to change everything. Um, the thing that Trey Lance needs the most, and, and we you can work on those sorts of mechanics. I mean, I, I remember being a part of a Broncos team with Tim Tebow. And I remember after year after year, and then even as we both went our separate ways, and he was trying to come back to him, and I was rehabbing from a back injury and having to be out in Southern California, um, you know, with Tom House, with Adam Dato and those guys, you know, Tim was out there throwing, and they're like, hey, we fixed it, we got it. And I was just like, like not really, because once you get into live game scenario, you always resort back to your greatest form of training. And it's really, really hard to be able to like totally change your throwing mechanics at that point in time in your career. I mean, you have not, not thousands, like probably hundreds of thousands of reps that you've taken throughout your life to develop into this throwing motion. And so you're more tweaking, fine tuning some things and you've really got to take an approach where um, it, it's, it's almost like block training. You're working on one specific part of the motion and you drill it, you drill it, you drill it, you drill it. It's the most boring thing in the world. And then you hope to add on another small little tweak. And you drill it and drill it and drill it. And then you hope and, and then you eventually build all those together, right, through a sequence of doing these exercises thousands of times. And that's your only thing you're looking at. You're not like you don't even want to do some of the drills that you're doing, throwing to a moving target, because you'll automatically revert back to what your moving target's doing. And so you'll adjust your throw, your body, whatever you're working on, you'll adjust it to make the throw instead of trying to hone in on what you're trying to change in your motion. So it, it's really hard when you're talking about, you know, throwing motion changes to make it at this point in time in their life. Um, hopefully Trey Lance has enough time in the offseason to just focus on that and not worry about, you know, learning a playbook and other stuff because he's been there. So you should know it by now. Um, but, you know, you hope that once the live tape comes on, all the things that he's practicing now and he's working on, those translate to the game. But until you get there, it's it's really hard to create that realistic scenario to know how he's going to react. Yeah, I mean, well, what about like the, the arm fatigue situation and that they seem to have fixed that? He no longer is getting the arm fatigue that he was getting, which was a huge concern last year. Is that? I mean, it could be somewhat biomechanical. It could be somewhat just the amount of reps that you take as an NFL player versus college. The season is longer. You know, the amount of practicing, the throwing that you're doing is even more so than you've ever done before. All those things add up over time. So mm -hmm. it could be a byproduct of a number of things. You know, people always, again, try to say that, hey, it's because of their mechanics, these changes they fixed. Sure. Like if you, if you 
change the way your arm slot and you have it a little bit lower and you're more of a rotational thrower instead of being over over the top you're probably going to have a little less torque on your elbow now you ask anyone who is a is a golfer we've got uh, apparently a pro disc golfer in our in our chat um <laughs> sort of rotational sport like that you're changing the torque from one area of the body to the other and so then lower back becomes something that you start to be more concerned with depending on the mechanics so you know we could talk about whatever you want um you know, he's got to come up with a better probably maintenance program, you know, pre or pre-habilitation, post-habilitation, uh, rehabilitation as far as what he's doing. It's also condition and strength and all those little muscles. That's also part of it, too. I don't know that he knew all that stuff when he was in college or until he got to the NFL. Yep. All right. There is one more rule change as well. The NFL passed a new rule instituting that all fair catches and touchbacks come out to the 25-yard line on kickoffs. Uh, it's the same rule as college. The thought is it would make things safer, though special teams coaches around the league oppose the change. Brady, what do you think of this? Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I think they're just trying to incentivize, you know, less kickoff returns because special teams plays have always been, uh, you know, higher probability of getting a concussion. And so when the NFL looks at rule changes for the sake of player safety, this is one of the things that they'll champion and they'll tout like, oh, look, there's there's less, you know, we, we've changed tackling, we've changed the helmets, we've done all this. It's like, well, when you do multiple things, it's hard then to get a feel for what exactly is the root cause or what exactly, you know, is, is the byproduct of that change. Uh, and so, yeah, you're, you're probably going to be incentivizing some teams not to return it altogether uh, because of the fair catch. Uh, a lot of teams have taken the approach of trying to do more of like a mortar, st mortar style kick to put a lot of height on it and try to tackle them and try in, inside that, you know, 25 yard line. So then they steal a few more yards um, and just not to get into the whole data and analytical nerdy part, but a lot of coaches have all this, this, all this on where your starting drive starts and the percentage probability of scoring uh, and scoring a touchdown. Right. So if you can find a way of stealing, you know, five to 10 yards, that's huge, right? That's one less third down you've got to worry about if you're starting the 15 as opposed to 25. So there's all those different kind of schematical ways teams will try to go about doing it. No, I mean, look, it's, um, uh, I think Ian Rappaport reported that like basically every special teams coach in the league didn't like the idea. A lot of coaches didn't like it. Roger Goodell really wanted to do it. Um, it's they're going to be out of a job shortly if they keep <laughs> these rules to a point. So I'm sure no one really likes it. Right. I mean, it's why kickers don't, you know, it's, 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 it's not surprising. You know, if they're, if they're like podcasting is illegal, we'd be like, yo, whoa, 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 chill, 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 bro. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, do we want to briefly, I guess we'll take a break and we come back and cover Super yes. Bowl in the draft. Yes. Yes. We will do that. We are going to take a quick break, but before we get out of here, on this break, not for good. Miss some of the action while you were sleeping. Your sports day starts here. Highlights all the highlights from all. All right. Highlights from all the top games and league catch up on storylines and social buzz. Jump in and jump out. Morning buzz runs all morning starting at 9 a.m. Get it all for free on CBS Sports app. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 
Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is Pick 6. We'll be right back. Absolutely magisterial here. Welcome back to Pick 6 Podcast. Katie Mox here with Will Brinson and Brady Quinn. If you're not following us on social, go ahead and do that at Pick 6 Pod across all social media platforms. Uh, Brinson, what I, I don't have that on my rundown here. So what did yeah, you yeah, I just figured I'd throw it out real quick. Uh, 2026 Super Bowl is going to be in San Francisco. Uh, last Hell time, of yeah. course, Super Bowl 50. Hell yeah. When uh, the headed. Broncos beat the Panthers. Boo. That was like the only time I really like got felt like a Panthers fan in the last like 10 years. I was like root die hard rooting for the Panthers to win that Super Bowl. Um, and then I was gonna retire because my my first draft would have been Cam Newton, and then Cam Newton wins the Super Bowl. I walk off in a blaze of glory, and yet here I am. You're stuck with me anyway. Uh the draft is gonna be held in Lambeau Field in 2025. How cool is that? It's cool. I was gonna go back to San Francisco. I'm I'm uh quite all right, ready to keep moving. What? No, Just can't talk about it. No, talk about it. Sure. Yeah, I'm happy for Jed York. Happy for the 49ers and 49ers Thank fans. You. Not uh, real, not real thrilled about having to commute 70 that. miles in crap traffic every day. I'll tell you that much. That is probably the point I was going to bring up. Is um, Santa Clara the stadium itself? That area around it's it's nice. It's just tough to get in and out of. I mean, I was literally gridlocked calling a 49ers Chargers game this past year trying to get out of there. It, it took us an hour and a half. I mean, that area is so difficult logistically. Yes. That's not going to be fun. Um, you know, you know, but you could spend some time in the tenderloin. Are you excited about that? Things that you got to worry about when you're walking around there. Like I would not walk with your head up. I'd look down. There might be some stuff on the ground. You got to be careful. Well, of. Are you Santa discussing Clara human poop? 45 yes. minutes south of San Francisco. So you won't have to deal with so any of Brady. No, 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 no. Hold on, Katie. This is where you're wrong. Okay. All the pre-week fe- uh, uh, all the pre-week festivities, a lot of them are up in San Francisco. And- I walked I walked through parties. a landmine field of human poop. That's in, a, in a blazer and a pink shirt. Not even kidding. We walked through the tenderloin because we got dropped off by Uber, and you're just like, ah. Um, I would also so Brady, Brady and I are gonna go to a cool bar uh when we hang out at the Super Bowl. We're gonna walk through the tenderloin at two in the morning, like we did last time. I didn't do it. So Pete Prisco did it. Who shared? Who got a piece of Mark Davis's pizza? I remember walking through the lobby. That was Prisco. Prisco ate Mark Davis's pizza. Yeah. Mark Davis's. The fact that Mark would even offer it to him, one was awesome. But I think he was sitting there with John St. Clair, who's just a gigantic uh, human being, former offensive tackle, great guy. They were just sitting there chopping it up. I'm pretty sure we're like, oh, yeah, how you doing? And he's like, hey, you guys want some pizza? Pete's like, yeah, I'll take some pizza. Oh, my God. <laughs> Now, the, the year before in Arizona at Super Bowl 49, we'd seen Mark Davis eating a plate of French fries while wearing a white jumpsuit. And every single fry, he was dipping in ketchup and just holding over the jumpsuit as he ate it. We're like, there were like 10 of us just like staring like, what are you doing, you psychopath? Just lean over the table. I mean, um, he lives on the edge. Like if you yeah. wear a jumpsuit and you, that, you're, you're that like just loose or free with, with fries and ketchup, 
You're living on the edge, man. Yeah, it'd be worth at least half a billion dollars. Uh, it, yeah, 2025 NFL draft will be hosted at Lambeau Field. I think that's just cool. Yeah, it's, like, it's cool. You're, are we off the whole poop maps, though? We're moving out from San Francisco. And Kitty, I, I promise you. I will say, I will. Uh, yes, there is, there is uh, a homeless and a crime problem right now happening in San Francisco. But there's a couple years, so hopefully we can clean that up. And yeah, I'm sure, they'll, I'm sure they'll knock listening. that right out in the next couple of years. But in all seriousness, you should be preparing yourself to be in downtown, not so much in Santa Clara. Because that's that where correct. everything's going to be throughout the course of the week. They won't move on site until you get to like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So we're like, yeah, we're like, we're like two, we're like two blocks, dude. We're like two blocks from the Tenderloin. Like you walk two blocks to the left and you're just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I remember it was like hopscotch at times dodging the feces. The yes, human feces. Absolutely. I was like, oh, uh, 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 uh. oh. Um, was there one more thing? I think that was, I think that was it. For, okay. uh, yes, for I want to say if any of my bosses are listening, please send me to that Super Bowl. Otherwise, I will riot because I think I deserve to be there. All right, moving on to the Washington Commanders. Yes, riot. Quiet, a riot. quiet riot. A quiet riot. A quiet riot of please send me. No, okay, cool. Thanks. I'll guess. I'll <laughs> thank you. Okay, send me yeah, home. Thank cool. you. Right. Thank Sounds you. Um, okay, so Washington Commanders. The deal is on track, I guess you can say, for a record-breaking $6.5 million, though issues have arisen with the structure of the agreement, specifically the Harris Group's ability to stay under the league's $1.1 billion debt limit to finance this purchase, which of course is now delaying everything and the NFL owners have not been able to vote on it. Uh, we've got a clip, I believe, from uh, Jim Irsay. I'm sure his face is very close to the camera. Too. <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I think it's going to kind of depend on the Harris group on that point. You know, I think they kind of know, you know, what the rules are. And, you know, I, I, I think, I, I know they really want to get a deal done and, and we do. And, and, uh, um, so you hope that carries the day, but at this point, I can't say, you know, you know, you, you hope that it gets done, but, but I think, um, you know, there, there's more work to be done at this point. That was eloquent by Ursay. <laughs> uh, Jim Ursay's eyes look like my dog, George's eyes. It's a little wonky there. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know we were going with that one. Which George. one? Do you got? I just, stay there. No, it's like this is the left, this is the right. Do I look yeah. in between? Like, how do you handle that? I don't you know. Can, you can cover one eye, and you can like see one way, cover the other. So it's the whole thing. Mm -hmm. uh, Brady, what, what do we what do we think about this? Well, hold on. Do we have the sound from Will? Will Will's the one that should kick this off because he uh -huh. doesn't feel there's any issue with this. I, I don't, I what did I, I say? I, believe, I don't know. I believe, who's, to, who's to say what I said? Who's do we to have say, video well, of me talking last week? Yeah. Who's to say? Oh, here we are. I don't know. There's up the. You got a new ownership group, I think. <laughs> Once this whole thing falls through, I think we're good. I think we're good. I, think I don't good. know. There's up the apparently it took on more debt than they're supposed to, and they've got a lot of minority owners involved. That people are like, wait a second, we don't usually we're not used to having this big of an ownership group. And I think I think they I think they I think they kind of got cleared through the next hurdle recently in the last few days. But look, if they, if they don't pull it off, Ryan Davis in the wings, he's fine. He'll pick up. He'll pick yeah. up the tab. I wouldn't. Okay, was that a lot of that things. out? Where did that clip come from? <laughs> um, I don't think I said anything Already. like this is done, like it's over. 
Nice try, Brady Quinn. Hey, let me ask you this. What hurdle did they get past after I just laid out in that scenario what they're still at right now? Like, all those are still concerns. No, I said that they were going to get in front of the finance committee at the owners meetings. That was the next hurdle. And here they are. And they still haven't voted on it. I think Jerry Jones was more was more optimistic about it, right? Okay. What are the views of the finance committee then? Because uh, Jim Mercer shout out JP Friendly. Asking the question. Still a lot of work left to do on that deal. Well, I would uh, anticipate it uh, being done. Is there a timeline at all? No, I, I don't have one, but uh, and there is none that I'm aware of. But uh, I, I would have. I don't want to simplify a lot of people's. A lot of work, but these are outstandingly qualified owners, and uh, not just uh, there. Are several, there are a handful of qualified owners here. But certainly, the significant ones we read about are very qualified, and uh, that always rules the day on the uh, ruled and, and cleared with the NFL. Are you looking forward to getting? Shout out to Tom Pelissero. Stuffing his face in there. Hair. Hair is looking great. Shout out to Will Brinson name dropping all of his friends out here. And uh, it's uh, well, I'd be friends of the podcast. Important, important to have the right structure oh, okay. for them coming in. Uh, all right, so uh, Jerry and Jim uh, are. I mean, I don't know how to even take what they said. They, they think way. it'll get done. It's like ordering an EV right now. Okay. Uh, how many people are still waiting on their uh, their Tesla Cybertruck? Um, <laughs> I know I am. <laughs> are you? I'm not saying I am, but like when you start like looking into stuff, we're like, hey, uh, we pushed back the timeline. What is the timeline? We don't really have a timeline. It's like, that's a problem. That probably means that that timeline gets getting kicked down the road. And you know what happens in today's society? We're like, all right, I've read the 250 characters. Okay, um, what's next? Like we just forget about stuff. Like literally – the news cycle, the social media cycle of news and how people absorb things and look to the next thing, they just kind of get tired of like trying to pay attention and being patient to wait on stuff. What'd you say? Exactly. <laughs> so I'm not saying that this won't happen, but, and, and, and this is one of the reasons why I wanted to bring this up because it's happening in other professional sports leagues. The, um, the NWSL is, is expanding, right? The Women's Professional Soccer League. The WNBA is expanding. The Women's Professional Basketball League. And one of the things that you learn and you hear when you're part of these conversations, or you're talking to some of the people who are influencers in these leagues, is that they, they're always looking for the right ownership group. And to find that group, it's difficult because you, you got to be comprised of the guy who's really rich, who could be the majority owner, and who is the person who's ultimately going to be uh, making the decision, right? Um, but then you've got to comprise the rest of that group of capital you're bringing on some are strategic partners. They're people who are there who are going to help you with whatever it may be. It could be marketing. It could be branding. It could be you know, pro, pro, creating the culture that you want to provide around the facility. Maybe they're going to show up more. Uh, or strategic partners in helping you kind of navigate, uh, whether it's renovations in the stadium, relocating the team, all those things, right? So those are all things that you're looking for as part of that group. And it sounds like, obviously, the Harris Group has that group together, but you know, they might be setting a new precedent with the amount of people who are involved, because the NFL is going to be doing background checks of all of those folks. Uh, and then obviously the debt limit is something that, especially in today's, um, you know, I, I guess today's financial climate, you know, interest rates are really high. And if you're already over a specific amount that's been set there for a reason as a threshold, then you're wondering whether or not this group has the financial wherewithal to be able to keep up with the Joneses as teams continue to kind of, you know, 
improve their facilities, renovate stadiums, build new stadiums because they want to host Super Bowls and all of that. That all becomes part of the conversation. And obviously, I would imagine the NFL really would like to take advantage of the DMV. That's a huge market. It's the East Coast. There's a lot of influential people there. So I think they want to get this right. And so it's going to take a lot more time than probably Will Brinson thinks. Yeah, I mean, that's possible, I suppose. I mean, I can't say that we're all big Tesla guys or all big debt ceiling limit guys. And, uh, you know, I trust the word of hardworking Americans like Jerry Jones when he tells me that's going to get done. Dadgummit. Actually, you know why I trust Jerry when he says it's going to get done? Because he wants Dan Snyder to out of there and he's yeah. sick and tired of Dan and, and his, his closet full of like Dan Snyder didn't even have suits in his closet all he has is like big like big racks of skeletons and Jerry Jones wants him out as fast as possible and I think they will make sure that it gets done well let's just think about if the deal doesn't get done what happens to the commanders do they oh, just Jeff Bezos rides that gigantic rocket he built right in there <laughs> what is his rocket called like, again I've got all the money just go ahead and sell me the team uh Mr. Dan Schneider like just go ahead give it to me and let me do my thing with it and Jeff Bezos is able to do all the wonderful things that he's done so far in creating Amazon and flying to outer space and then he's gonna have a football team I must have missed this uh episode when you guys talked about the Bezos rocket I don't recall that are you oh. serious? Oh, we uh, talked about it for no, you 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 maybe I'm no, you were here. Next, what's up next? Let's talk about something. What's that's up next? next? <laughs> All right, what's up next? Uh D Hop, DeAndre Hopkins went on the I Am Athlete podcast and he said Josh Allen is the new age Andrew Luck. Uh, his exact quote is one of my favorite quarterbacks that I've been watching since he came into the league is Josh Allen. He reminds me of a new school Andrew Luck. I love Josh Allen. One, I want to know, Brady, is Josh Allen the new Andrew Luck? And what exactly does that mean? And then I want to I, talk about something else that D-Hop said about where he'd like to go. So we'll start there. I, I don't know. I, I have no idea what that means. Um, when I watch them, I don't see similarities in their play. Um, you know, I, I think as far as like overall, just like Super Bowl caliber winning quarterbacks, they're both that. Like a guy who if Andrew Luck kept playing, Hall of Famer. I think if Josh Allen continues to play and wins a Super Bowl and keeps adding to his resume and wins an MVP, like I think he's capable of being a Hall of Famer, there's no doubt. Um, that's kind of where I'd, I'd stop. I mean, I think they both have very different styles in which how they go about doing it. I mean, Andrew Luck was a sneaky good athlete. I don't think he got credit for how athletic he was. But I also don't think he was as um, – I don't think he was the type to like want to look to take off and run. You know, when Josh Allen first got in the league, he was very much doing that. You know, Andrew Luck was always more of your, your kind of um, cerebral quarterback who's looking to make the right throw, right decision. He'll run if he has to, but he understands that's not necessarily what he wants to be doing. Um, and so there's there's obviously differences, I think, in the way they play. I think Josh Allen's probably got a stronger arm. Um, oh, that's, yeah. Not saying that, well, not saying that Luck's arm isn't strong. He's got a really, he had a really strong arm, but it just wasn't Josh Allen strong, which may be the strongest in the NFL. So, um, I, yeah, I'm not sure what that means, but – Look, it sounds more than anything else. Look, if, you, if, that, if that's what you're looking at, I think you're missing the point. I, I think that's maybe the quarterback that DeAndre Hopkins wouldn't mind trying to go play with because he's putting out a list of what he wants from his quarterback um, that was out there, which is also something that is a little bit concerning. If you have to put out a list of what you're looking for, then maybe you're already saying that, like, I don't have that right now, right? Like, if, if, Tyler, right? yeah. he was saying that, dude. Like, hey, this is what I'm looking for out of a relationship, and you're in a relationship. <laughs> you're obviously not getting that then in your current one. Yeah. yeah. If we're like, if we're like, you know what we we're looking for in our former professional 
uh, football analyst to join the podcast. Like we're really hoping for a guy who played defense, yeah. uh, shorter, um, you know, weak arm, went to a, 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 a little unheralded public school in college. Um, you know, just some of those things, you know, maybe like lives in somewhere other than Florida. We're just looking for not to be specific here, just looking for some things about this guy. I mean, like he would say, Kyle, uh, uh, DeAndre Hopkins is like, yeah, you know, I just want to go to a franchise with decent ownership and sufficient management. It's like, God, dude, like just quarterback who loves football. I was like, yeah. oh, okay. Well. Quarterback who doesn't isn't obsessed with Call of Duty. It's like, okay, that was really specific. Well, I don't. <laughs> I've heard it's a great game. All right. So I'll just kind of just leave it at that. Like you can't really judge someone unless you've played it. I don't play it. So I don't know the people who do play are like, dude, don't, don't do it. Cause you, you will get addicted to it. If you start playing call of duty. And I'll be honest with you. I feel like I've watched some other people who like took a hard stance against it. They started playing video games. They got themselves addicted. Sure. All right. Sam, are you, are you more of a link uh, breath of the wild type of guy? I was more of a, what was the one? Was a Doom you used to play on your keyboard yeah. back in the day? Remember, like, computer? Yeah. Yeah. You had those, like, like, different guns just killing aliens and stuff. That was probably the last game I really was like, all right, like, I need to, I need to stop doing this. Like, I've got a problem. I tapped out around Mario Kart, so didn't really get into Mario Kart. Mario Kart came back, though. Uh, I think back on and, and Nintendo 64. That was, when Bond yeah. came out as a multiplayer game like that, and I would dominate the proximity mines. Like, yeah. I would just literally plant them everywhere and then yeah. hide corner what do you think you're some proximity <laughs> mind unicorn everybody did that they pop up again they die again they'd be like this stinks i don't want to play anymore i'd be like well yeah. and so what, what would happen is if you knew if you knew the levels of goldeneye that well and you played it that much and we did and, you know i did because that was like the game in high school college like when it came out in high school um and you would you would know where people would pop back up and so you could drop the proximity mines where people would launch back after they died. And once you got one, you just, it's, and like, you just be like, you kill your little brother like 32 times in a row. You slam in the controller. She's like, I hate you, Will. Mom, dad. It was just God, good times. Good times. Such a good game. Such a good game. Okay. Well, just before, we're going to take a quick break here. But okay. So D Hop wants good ownership, a quarterback who loves the game, and a great defense. Now, of course, that sounds. You cannot say San Francisco, though. It sounds like the Bills. Oh, yeah, well, it, it, well, by the way, it is San Francisco, but I know sure. the D-Hop isn't going there. But those three things, Brady, you know it, too. You know it. You just complimented Jed York and and the Niners, so you know that it's good ownership. We've got three quarterbacks who love the game. And, you know, one show about the 49ers, just one. It's, it's just however. insane that he's like, he's like a quarterback who loves the game, a quarterback who brings everybody on board and pushes not just himself, but everybody around him. Like, it is just an absolute slap. Can we just not talk about the Eagles too? Just one show. Yeah. Um, okay, but, but is he talking about the Bills here? Who, who is no, he he's about? just talking crap about Kyler Murray is all he's doing. Like, he's, he's well, just, this is, this is the path you go down when you want to not be a part of the team, right? Like, Kyler mm. Murray's under contract. They've got a new head coach. They've got a new general manager. They obviously haven't moved on from Kyler, and they kind of can't because of the contract. So he's there for this year. We don't know what happens after this year, right? And and look, that's not saying that, like, Kyler Murray can't turn things around. I mean, we tend to forget the first three years he was building towards being that player that, you know, obviously got a second deal, but becoming the player that a lot of people thought he was going to be as the number one overall prospect. Last year, was a lot of difficult things working on. So I think people should pump the brakes, give him a chance to recover, and we'll, we'll see what next year looks like, even though it could be an uphill battle with the roster. All that being said, you know, this is the path that DeAndre Hopkins probably has to take. 
if he wants to move on. And I think he's at the point in time of his career. He's proven how good he is. He's one of the best wide receivers in the NFL when healthy. And he's, he's towards the end where it's like he wants to go get a ring. You know, he wants to go out there and have a shot at doing it. And I think this is unfortunately either the path that he's chosen to take because he's thought a lot about it. Um, or maybe he's being coached by his agents. I mean, God forbid we ever have agents get involved with messaging and part of the process. But it's um, it's, it's unfor- the unfortunate reality of, of how this works if you want to try to get to another team. What does that do to a locker room, either the locker room that he's in or the locker room that he will be potentially going to, that there is a player who is kind of bad-mouthing his organization and his quarterback trying to get out? Is Do you look at them differently as a player or do you just understand that it's mm, the business? Good question. No, you, you you understand it's the business part of it, but it, it definitely is the human nature part where if that's a leader and that's a guy who's got the trust of a lot of the guys in the locker room and he's viewed as a leader, then they're going to be looking at what he's doing and they're going to be saying, oh, like maybe I shouldn't be following this guy or maybe he's not the guy. So yeah. there's no doubt about it. When you've got a guy who is as, as accomplished as DeAndre Hopkins is and he's speaking out publicly it emboldens others to speak out publicly. It emboldens others to be like, I need to get out of here too then because I don't want to be a part of a rebuild or I don't want to be a part of a sinking ship. And as bad as that sounds, the lifespan in the NFL is really short. And a lot of players, as much as you want to play for the team and all that, you're really playing for the name on the back of your jersey. And I know it sounds terrible to say and you wish that wasn't the case, but that's the truth. All right, on that note, we are taking a quick break. Watch a pick six. We'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Get breaking news. Big news coming out of the NFL today. Highlights and instant reactions. The largest final round comeback in four championship history. We're down to the final four. I just want to take time to analyze greatness. Talk winners and losers with a guy who's already a big winner. CBS Sports HQ. It's all sports all day long. Welcome back to the Pick 6 Podcast. I'm Katie Mox here with Will Brinson and Brady Quinn. All right, we talked about some ownership issues. Now let's talk about former players as minority owners because Tom Brady reached a deal to become part owner of the Las Vegas Raiders, which has spawned a bunch of conspiracy theories. How much validity should we put into that? Big ups. Big ups to Tommy. Big ups. Mm-hmm. Um, from one Brady to always, another? Yeah, I mean, I'm always, uh, always excited for players when they're able to get in on a deal like this because it's a great business deal. And, and, and here's the only thing that I think – it leads my mind to think is the NFL owners are probably going to look at this um, and they're going to say, okay, we'll let this, we'll let this fly because Tom Brady's richer than than no, no, it's not because of that. He never played for the Raiders. Yeah. Because the concern is going to be this. Let's say this is Robert Kraft. 
And he was, and, and then all of a sudden, Tom Brady's got minor, minor, circumvent the salary cap. You start to think oh, yeah. that maybe there were some promises made to him in order to take less throughout the course of his career, and he's going to be paid on the back back end, kind of a wink, little nod deal going on. So, uh, I think the NFL owners have to be careful about how this works moving forward because once one player does it, it's a precedent set, and then a lot of other players who are going to be very wealthy are going to say, "Well, how much is there a threshold? Is there a bar of a minimum minimum investment?" Um, that you have to put in. Obviously, Tom made, Brady's made a ton of money, and he's going to make a ton more money, maybe more so broadcasting than playing. Um, but the reality is, too, you know, how is that going to be viewed if it happens to be the team that the player played for? Um, there's a conflict of interest there, and there, there's going to be a, a thought that how do you know this guy, this owner's not going to make it up on the back end for him after he's he's done playing? Now, granted, you have to be in such a unique scenario like a Tom Brady, who's arguably the greatest of all time. But I think as we see more players cycle out who are first ballot Hall of Famers, guys who we look at as some of the all-time greats that made a lot of money because the money's only going up, the, this could pop up more often than you think. Yeah, and it's, you know, Tom Brady notably over the course of his lengthy Patriots career from 2001 through 2019, right, uh, took significantly below market deals. So if he were to suddenly get a great deal on a, on a, on a chunk of the Patriots, it would absolutely look like, I don't know if it'd be collusion, but like, uh, what would the term be, Brady? Like incentivizing, basically, you'd be incentivizing Tom Brady to take less to give you a competitive advantage over the salary cap by saying, "I will give you a chunk of the team when you retire if this happens and this happens." And so, yeah, like you're not going to get Kyler Murray to do that. You wouldn't think, just to use an example of someone who doesn't care about his team and only cares about Call of Duty. Uh, but the, um, I'm kidding, sorry, Kyler. But the point being is, like, the Chiefs would be a great example. You know, um, Clark Hunt could go to Patrick Mahomes and say, Pat, hey, Pat, we signed you this 10-year deal. We're restructuring it this offseason. I want you, if you'll take this, this, and this, which is less than what the market value of quarterback contracts are, we'll promise you down the road a chunk of the Chiefs when you retire, you know, because you've already won two Super Bowls with the Chiefs. Yeah, like To Brady's point, it would take somebody on that type of path to pull it off, but it would be such an issue for the CBA, for such an issue for the salary cap, and for competitive balance, it wouldn't be surprising now that Brady's done this, that maybe this time next year, we see where there's an owner's meeting and they say, you know, the former players may not purchase an ownership stake in any of the teams they played for. Yeah. Right? Or, or like you have to wait 10 years or something like that. Or like you have to buy it from a separate, like, cause if Tom, well, like if Tom Brady wanted to buy the Patriots from Robert Kraft 10 years from now, I don't know how that would work. You know what I mean? But, no, but I agree with you. Like it's, so, so this is the hard part is you obviously, um, if that were, if that were the case, right. And I think we all know between Tom's Tom Brady's the wealth that he's built and the money that he probably could put together in order to buy the group of Robert Kraft wanted to plus, sell plus the alimony he's getting from Giselle. This <laughs> is significant. Hey, she's worth more than he is. I mean, okay. I don't think I don't think that's really happening. But okay, sure. yeah. Plus, I think Florida is a little bit trickier, right? If it's California, maybe. Oh come on, Brady! Let's get in touch weekly but, on it. But let's go down that path because if there is anyone that Robert Kraft would be willing to sell to, and maybe even at a discount, you'd have to think that it would be Tom Brady. And so if that opportunity presented itself, you'd really have to look at it and say, like, I don't know, maybe it's written within the CBA where that's not necessarily allowed or it should be written. And right. so maybe this will spark that conversation, as you kind of pointed on, Will, 
to not allow it to happen. Like it's just, you, you can't have a player who's going to own or own a stake or be a part of a team that he played for because of that concern. Um, is it a little weird that like Tom Brady might have to fire Josh McDaniels in a year or two? I mean, that's kind of awkward. Well, I was more curious because they've got the, uh, the photo up there of the, of the tuck rule play, the fumble, or at least that's what Jimmy Garoppolo called it when he got there. The fumble <laughs> play, like, yeah. Now that Tom Brady's a part ownership, it's like, well, hold on, how is this going to work? Like, is he going to come in there and be like, um, by the way, we're taking, you know, we're, that, that's, that's going to stay up. Okay. Like we're not taking that down. That's going to stay up. Or like even the quarterback room, like is Garoppolo sitting up front looking at the screen and then Josh McDaniels is behind him coaching on something like being like, you know, Tommy didn't do it like this back in New England. You know, this is how Tom saw and all that. And Tom's like back behind Josh and another. Like, didn't I, Josh? <laughs> like, yeah. You know, he's right. You know, Jimmy, this is really how you should be doing this. And if you don't want to do it this way, we're going to have to move on from you. So, yeah. When he, Tom comes in, he's like, hey, Jim. He's like, it's Jimmy. He's like, listen, Jim. Um, you know how you tried to usurp me in New England and, and then I got you kicked out to San Francisco and you did okay, but I still did better and then did better in Tampa Bay and all of that. I uh, just want to let you know you've been released and all of your guarantees are gone. So the next time you mess with me, uh, don't. And I'm now the quarterback for the Raiders. I mean, there's one, <laughs> one, one other ways of looking at this, okay? It's either that it's the ultimate troll job by Tom Brady. Like he had to choose the team because he was so <laughs> drafting Jimmy Garoppolo and whatever transpired in that quarterback room. He's like, I've got so much money, whoever this guy's at, I'm going to go there, <laughs> buy the minority stake and make his life hell. Or, or quite possibly. He's trolling Raiders fans. The greatest duo of a Tom Brady, Jimmy Garoppolo, both single Going out like the greatest wingman in Vegas. Whoa. In Vegas. Like no one ever saw this coming. Like both those two good looking quarterbacks. Hangover part like six through 50. Yeah. Yep. Go ahead. Maverick and Goose, whatever other tandem you want to talk about, Batman and Robin. It's like we know who's playing which role, but that would be one hell of a dynamic duo. Who's who is is Tom Brady Batman? Obviously. Yes, of course he is. Well, yes, Tom, Tom's new on the scene. Jimmy's, Jimmy's, I think Jimmy's got the lay of the land in Vegas already, pal. I'm just saying he might be like, hey, Tom, uh, allow, me to, allow me to escort you around and show you the various places. Tom. Well, well, look, the, the Super Bowl is in Vegas next year. I don't think that we think that the uh, Raiders are going to be there. So the two of them may be uh, trolling around at the Super Bowl, which is exciting for me. Uh, before we get out of here, I want to touch one more hot topic here. Uh, Brady, as you know, there was a second round of gambling violations for players, most notably with the Lions. Um, what what is your solution, or or what do you think is going on? Well, there's another players? there's another one that's like under. We expect more suspensions coming. It's, that's okay. That's coming out here soon. So they're investigating. How, yeah. How do we? How do they avoid this? It's such a sticky situation because the NFL gets so much money from sports books, and of course they can't be gambling on the NFL, but it's. It, it, it's, it's hypocritical one for the NFL to be making as much money as they are off of, you know, these books and maintaining the same gambling policy you've had for forever. Look, I, I think the NFL and the NFL PA really need to come together and say, we're only hurting ourselves. If we're like potentially putting every single NFL player personnel, everyone at risk, if we don't change our policies and I'm not advocating for them allowing gambling on the NFL, no. not at all. And not even necessarily uh, in team facilities. Like, I think that's kind of a gray area where, like, if it's May and the dude's betting on a playoff hockey game and he had to do it from his locker because he was there until 7 p.m., 
Like, are we really that concerned? I mean, I, I just think they should they should really allow this conversation to, to happen where you're obviously going to have be you know restrictive towards anything involving the NFL. Everything else, it's probably fair game. And you know, look, if these guys want to do it, they're still they're going to have the ability to do that, even if they wanted to do it, because that's always going to exist, no matter what rules, regulations, laws are out there. If people want to get away with illegal stuff, they're going to do it. But they need to look at changing the gambling policies to allow players to do more, with the exception of the NFL. And I think it's interesting too. So, like, let's say hypothetically, Jameson Williams, who's been suspended six games for gambling on college football inside an NFL facility, he goes, he leaves the facility at the Lions in May. He decides he wants to make a bet on Week One. Whoever, like, uh, I don't know, Michigan's playing, right? Some, some, he wants to bet Michigan minus thirty nine against. Hawaii or someone. Hawaii, yeah, exactly. Whatever it is. And he gets in his car and he drives out to the stoplight to leave the Lions facility and he's sitting there waiting and he decides to place the bet, but he doesn't realize he's still on the Lions Wi-Fi. Or that, yeah. Or he's or he's like geographically located on the Lions facility or he's at home and he tries to put the bet in and he closes the app and he puts his phone in his pocket and he drives to work and the bet isn't placed and he opens up the phone and the bet continues to cycle through and gets placed while he's on the Wi-Fi there. And I know them being like a little pedantic here, but the point is like they are geo. They they can geofencing. And yeah. the problem is if you turn off your location, right? That's not a part of that bet. You can't make the bet. They, they, well, you can't make the bet. But also to your point about the process you just talked about, that process isn't going to kick in until it might have your old location. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. Like there's and and like you're required. So the NFL has. People working with the sports books, I think they have, they have third-party guys and they have guys within all every single one of these legal sports books who know, like, you have to use your real like, name. You can't register as, like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, like, as an account, you have to use your real name. So they know these NFL players that have these registered legal sports betting accounts. They can track them. Who gives well, a crap if you're betting on college football in the team facility? Now, if you're doing it during practice – that's a whole different ball game. That's your coach's issue. Like if you got guys who have got phones out betting on college football, that's one thing. So they just they they need to figure out a way. There's just too many. Well, here's gray how areas. teams can help that because when I go into the studio at CBS, you are blocked from going on any gambling sites. You yeah. try to go in on something, you can't. Which makes do total it. sense so- for a sports gambling website. But hold on, but hold on. That's that's through Wi-Fi though, right? Yeah, but that's the yeah. But you think the players are going on? They're obviously logging on to the team Wi-Fi or whatever. That is at least one step. It's not going to prevent it completely. But if you block them from going on there, if they have a cellular connection, it's it's that that would make it kind of irrelevant. I mean, it's at least. But to Katie's point, it's at least like like, it's at least one reminder. You're like, oh, like like they're trying to help the athlete. You try to bet it. It's like. That site is blocked by the NFL's gambling team thing firewall. And then if you turn off the Wi-Fi and make the bet anyway, then you probably deserve the six games. Yes. Well, the other thing is, is like, look, I mean, I played a time where you went back to the offseason in March. There was March Madness. You had pools. You had people. I mean, it happened. Like, we're never condemning that. I mean, like, are, like, are we being serious right now about, like, like, where do we draw the line in regards to what we consider gambling and what's not? You know, is it not your family fantasy leagues if there's money involved? Is it not you know, the the March Madness when you fill out a bracket and people are throwing in money to that? I mean, it's like at, at what point do we draw the line with all of this? So I just think they really need to have a good, long, hard conversation about revisiting the gambling policies that are in place, putting in, Katie, as you pointed out, some different measures to try to prevent that. But again, if they want to have a bookie, like I'm sorry to admit it to people if this is the truth, they could still go find a bookie. Like, 
there's legal there, people can go buy marijuana in states where it's legalized guess, guess what they still have someone who's selling that's not necessarily yep. legal like it, it's still what the country i know it's crazy i i, I know it's crazy <laughs> with this on a podcast but I, i'm just like they need to revisit that conversation and not be implementing policies that are decades old at this point yeah, I agree. All right, Brinson, I know you have got to get out of here. So that is going to wrap up our show today. Make sure you join us on Thursday at 1 p.m. for more off-season coverage. And send us your mailbag questions to at Pod on Twitter or any of our individual accounts for an upcoming mailbag episode. We'll see you Thursday. CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.